0: Chapter six The Secret of the Sahara Kufara by Rosita Forbes This Librivox recording is in the public domain Chapter six Christmas in the Desert The Oasis of Jalo contains two villages a few hundred yards apart. El Erg is the seat of the government and contains the Caesar, or government office the Kaimakan's house, and a new zawia with some forty equan. The Balad rambles by circuitous narrow lanes, bordered by windowless walls, pierced by low doorways, over a rise, down the farther side to the foot of a large dune, from the top of which one sees mile after mile of scattered palms with here and there a well, its mouth strengthened by palm trunks. Generally, a group of picturesque figures surrounds it, and gossips while the day's water supply is drawn an effective contrast to the glaring white sands are the indigo and royal blue tobes with which the black slave women mingle the orange and reds of their more barbaric taste. at the door of every mosque one finds a group of swathed white figures sunk in contemplation or in sleep yet mechanically flicking away the ever attentive flies i rode across the hollow to leba on a big white donkey led by homida bey Zaiten. it is a twin village except that the streets are broader and straighter and the whole place is dominated by the square tower of sayed hilal's house as i passed below its latticed windows a very pretty face framed in its sapphire veil peeped out it was olive skinned and round with dark coal blurred around darker eyes Long lashed and misty, the blue tattoo marks on chin and lips but served to throw up the gleam of pearl white teeth, and great silver earrings red studded swung against plate after plate of midnight hair. Leba possesses a very old Zawiya founded by Sidi Mohammed Ben Ali. I went through its palm filled yard to the court of the mosque where I was warmly greeted by Sheikh Omar who told me he was happy to meet anyone with english blood he introduced me to all his teachers and his most intelligent pupils who wanted to show me there and then how well they could write you are cleverer than i for i cannot write arabic i said and a murmur of surprise and scorn ran through the group she cannot write and she is big so big i believe she is older than fatima or aisha or any other female relative of advanced years there are a hundred and fifty boy students at the lebazawiyah and about eighty ekwan the long low mosque is very small clean and white with its sand arches and palm walls a few palm mats on the floor and a little painted mirab fragile at bent it cost two hundred mejidies to build said the sheik proudly and again as i left he spoke kind words about my country which were a balm after the censure of the previous evening on our last afternoon we had a council in the house of the kaimakon we left our shoes outside his door and sat cross-legged around the walls of a room empty save for a packing-case which carried little-used writing materials now is everything ready to start to-morrow at dawn i asked briskly a most dubious inshallah came from yusuf i have always thought it rather hard that the deity should be made responsible for the whole doubt of the east the question repeated each produced a pet difficulty the oil has not come said the portly sergeant moraja take two soldiers and get it ruthlessly replied hassanein the man relapsed into prompt silence lest he should really be obliged to leave before the arrival of delicious hot sweet milk flavoured with cinnamon mohammed wanted to write letters for jedabia abdullah pointed out that some of the girbas were new and smeared with oil instead of tar which would melt in hot weather and make the water nauseous yusuf frankly wanted to stay under a roof where he could eat and sleep all day his fat face had assumed an expression of habitual discontent and through much yawning his eyes had almost disappeared in two narrow slits all the retinue had donned their best clothes in jallow abdullah retained his snowy woolen jerd and burnous with scarlet belt supporting his huge old-fashioned wooden pistol inlaid with much silver but Muhammad and Yusuf wore short, embroidered jackets of green and blue and striped silk jerds crossed with gay aggles worn like aglets. We alone could not change, and I wondered how long I would have to appear in the same unwashed red tobe and checkered barracan. There is no good water at Jalo, so the washing is always sent a day's journey to Butterfall. This is the last well on the route to Kufara and Tajerboe therefore we decided to depart thither on the morrow and camp for a day beside its sweet waters before starting on our stern journey south when they saw that we meant to insist the retinue became almost brisk and to my great surprise even the lazy yusuf was up the next morning at four o'clock busy with preparations nothing ever arrives till the last moment in the east but one must always be prepared for it to come just when one has made up one's mind to do without it. Thus, when everything was packed, the hard boiled eggs and bread ordered 24 hours before made their appearance and had to be dumped into the first available sack. It is no easy matter loading a caravan that has got to travel 250 miles with a seven days waterless stretch. I looked at our 18 camels with much anxiety some of them were small and weak one of them was a living picture of all that a camel should not be he might have been used successfully by the khartoum camel corps as an example to enthusiastic young officers of what not to buy his feet were worn his hump was soft his elbows rubbed together as he walked his chest-pad was insufficient and he had sores under his shoulders Besides this, many of the Nagas were in foal. However, it was no use worrying in advance. Long ago I had realized that we should get to Kafara only if Allah so willed, and the farther we moved into the desert, the more I felt impelled by some ulterior force. I was never surprised when difficulties piled themselves up and then vanished without reason at the last moment i began to feel a fatalistic trust in the destiny that had dragged me from hunting and hunt balls and sent me out into the white sahara to find the holy place which had been a secret for so long the feeling of kismet was so strong that it prevented my troubling excessively over our weak camels even though i felt they were dangerously overloaded our party had increased to nineteen by two black slave girls in vivid barracans, and little else, property of one of the Sayeds who wished them sent to Kufara. In spite of the utmost exertions, the caravan was not ready to start till eleven-thirty, when, amidst a chorus of kindly wishes, regrets, and blessings, we plodded slowly out of the hospitable town into a raging northwesterly wind. We meant to march on into the night, and reach Butterfall about 10 p.m., but fate decided otherwise, for almost before the walls of Jalo had disappeared, the wind strengthened into the worst Ghibli I have ever encountered. It was behind us, for we were heading southeast, yet the camels staggered and swung around, huddling against each other for shelter. I was nearly swept off the back of my blonde beast every loose mat and blanket flapped in wide circles and loads began to sway dangerously on all sides palms were bending and cracking in the sudden gale while great leaves were torn off and whirled whistling above our head. the air became a thick sheet of sand sun and direction were blotted out screaming gusts stung our faces and blinded us It was the most extraordinary sight, for one minute camels and figures would be blotted out in a whirling white fog, then a head or a wildly gyrating blanket or a portion of a laboring camel would appear for an instant through the shroud and vanish again in the smarting dusk. We stumbled and choked and fell through the storm, till even Abdullah saw it was useless. In an instant's lull a palm tree fence appeared to our left with a small boy crouching beside a garden plot of onions radishes and pumpkins we turned our camels toward the low shelter and they sank heavily to their knees beside a clump of the gray nameless trees the boy gave our guide some radishes as he passed and in spite of the agony of flying sand the bedouin turned to me with a smile it is a blessed journey he said look at the green which has been given us it is proof of how far one had wandered from the mentality of london and paris that his words gave me great comfort i gathered the thickest blanket around me and dug myself into the sand while a hail of dust and grit beat upon me through a narrow slit i saw the blacks with kufiyas tied across their mouths and noses staggering about with sacks and boxes they appeared like phantasmic figures on the lantern-screen, to vanish in the next strong gust of wind. It was impossible to put up a tent. The camels were barracked in a semicircle, where they lay groaning, but not attempting to move. The baggage was piled to form zaribas, and in the lee of these we crouched for four or five hours, blankets covering our faces, handkerchiefs wound over our mouths. I thought the retinue would look upon the storm as a bad omen but mohammed only smiled with dust parched lips this will be a successful journey we shall have good luck he said for when the sayed travels there is nearly always a ghibli thus once when i tried to change my cramped position i felt something soft huddled against me I peered out of my wrappings cautiously and found the black face of Zainab, the prettiest slave girl, almost on my shoulder. She seized my hand and kissed it devoutly, while her companion, Hawa, drew closer. Their thin, gaudy barricans were no protection against the madness of the sand, so I offered them a share in my blanket, and we made friends under the sheltering thickness. Zainab was young, about sixteen, and round-faced, with curved full lips and big velvet eyes modestly downcast. Hawa looked ancient, with her wrinkled skin and yellow uneven teeth, but her years were only twenty-four. The Sudanese marry, if the parents have money, when the girl is nine and the boy thirteen. Therefore, these ebony slaves may be grandmothers at an age when an English girl is wondering whether she is old enough to wed. My little companions were full of questions and comment, mixed with praise of Sayed rita they wanted to give me the eggs they had brought for themselves and it is almost impossible to refuse a gift in the east it is accepted as a matter of course without expression of thanks it used to surprise me at first that if one gave a man a watch or a revolver he took it without comment but gradually i realized that they give and they receive with the same simplicity Zainab wore huge silver earrings and bracelets and an embroidered leather belt carrying a dozen gay little pouches for her toilet necessities, while Hawa had tied her barracan into a sort of hood, with a strip of crimson leather bearing some hijabs, charms, and tiny wallets. Both had broad sticks of scarlet coral stuck through holes in their nostrils. When the storm abated, about 5.30 p.m they emerged from the blanket and busied themselves briskly preparing the bedouin evening meal by this time there were always two rival camps in neighboring zaribas behind one wall of heavy sacks the soldiers cooked their savory flour within another semicircle mohammed and yusuf with a guide and a black camel boy brewed strong sweet tea while the two girls were provided with a little camp beside the arab's shelter Mohammed was always kind to them, providing them with some of his own flour and dates, together with the occasional loan of a blanket, but otherwise nobody troubled about them except when it was a question of cooking or washing clothes. True, when the length of our stay permitted the pitching of tents, the Bedouins always contented themselves with the a seriba, leaving to Zainab and Hawa the use of their tent. But the girls accepted as a matter of course that, after riding all day, they should cook and wash and clean and generally see to the comfort of the Arab retinue. We wanted to break camp after the evening meal, but though the sandstorm had abated, the wind was still cold. Abdullah pointed out that we should walk all night and arrive too tired to work in the morning which would be a waste of energy as all the firewood for the journey had to be collected in the vicinity of Butterfall. We therefore crawled into our sleeping bags under the shelter of the palm fence at seven PM, and were up again while it was still dark. The same cold wind stimulated the blacks to brisk action, and there was a great deal of running about and singing, but the sun rose while the camels were still being loaded, and we did not start till seven. We had camped on the very edge of the Jala oasis. The last palms were behind us, and in front lay the flattest country I had ever seen. To the rim of the near horizon stretched an unbroken expanse of yellowish, gravelly sand. We thought we had crossed flat, monotonous country before, but on December 23rd we rode across a drab-colored billiard table whereon was not a blade of grass, a bird, an insect, or a mound it was as if we were at the end of the world and the round horizon the edge off which we should presently fall the only objects that marred the extraordinary monotony were a few scattered skeletons of camels which had died at the end of a long march from kufara or tizerbo occasionally a bleached thigh bone had been stuck upright in the sand to mark the direction it was a cool bright day with a northwest wind persistent neglect had practically cured my foot so i was able to walk for a couple of hours with abdul rahim he waxed enthusiastic over the extent of the senussi influence in bornu senegal and sudan and wadai giving me a list of principal zawiyas only in wadai there is none he said for the sultan said to sidi ben ali we will always be your friends and allies but if you build a zawiya here, the next thing you will do would be to come and conquer us. The commandant was in a loquacious mood, and reminiscences flowed from his lips. It was he who had been sent by Sidi Aman to kill Mukhtar, the Senussi officer in the pay of Turkey, who had attacked Bomba and Egyptian territory without direct orders from his master. He was at Jagabub when Sidi Hilal quarreled with his uncle, and, under sentence of death, fled the tobruk in forty-eight hours the young sayed had described the horrors of the two hundred and fifty kilometres ride to me at dinner in his house at jedabia when amidst his rich carpets and brilliant clothes he could laugh at the memory of aching bones and failing strength abdul was conversant also with the doings of ramadan shetwi a great arab leader who for many years held the italians at bay in Tripolitania but he was killed a few months ago in a fight with the Orphela. It appears that his alliance with Sayed Amund was but lukewarm, for on one occasion, when he provided a bodyguard for a German mission which was taking a large sum of money to the Sayyid and Cyrenaica, his men had orders to kill the unfortunate Teutons as soon as they were out of sight of Misurata. Ramadan Shetwi took the official gold, and the mission's private wealth was divided among the murderers at noon yusuf pointed to the faintest rise in the distance behind that hill is beer bootafall he said and with visions of another green spot on our wonderful map we hope to see at dusk one palm and a few tufts of brushwood not a single blade of grass marks the slight hollow there is not a stone nor a stick nor a tuft of green sage in all the wide expanse of thick soft sand THE DAY WE ARRIVED THERE WAS NOT EVEN A HOLE. BEFORE WE HAD TIME TO ASK WHERE WAS THE WELL, Abdullah AND TWO OF THE BLACKS APPARENTLY WENT MAD. THEY FLUNG THEMSELVES ON THEIR KNEES AND WITH RHYTHMIC CRIES BEGAN BURROWING RAPIDLY, FLINGING THE SAND VIGOROUSLY OVER THEIR SHOULDERS. ONLY WHEN THEY HAD SUNK TO THEIR WAISTS AND THE HEAP AROUND THEM BEGAN TO GROW DARK AND MOIST DID WE REALIZE THAT THEY WERE ACTUALLY DIGGING OUT THE WELL. Which had been entirely filled by the Ghibli of the previous day. On Christmas Eve, the whole party devoted themselves to washing their clothes, with surreptitious drinks of the sweet Buttafal Spring, the first good water we had tasted since we left Jedabia. Zainab and Hawa laboured patiently to reduce the retinue's flowing garments to their pristine whiteness. I had to disguise myself in a while my own red toff was in the tin pan that served as a laundry the blacks stripped to the waist their top-knots bobbing above their shaven heads pommelled and pounded beside the well by the afternoon the desert was spotted with patches of white whose snowiness rapidly disappeared beneath stray drifting sand however there was a general feeling of cleanliness in the air and we were glad when musa sheib appeared from the direction of jalo with three donkeys and a camel in search of the waters of budafal which could be sold in jalo where wells are brackish and salt for half a medjity a girba we were glad to have an excuse for foddling so we pressed the kind old man to stay for a midday meal and sitting around the fire in the largest zariba we made green tea while abdullah cut goat hide thongs for a new pair of sandals hassanein mended the watches of the party all of which had stopped in the sandstorm and mohammed made primitive rope out of the palm fibre that night we watched the camels being fed by moonlight it struck me at the time that it was a stupid plan to put all the dates in one large heap as the greediest camels devoured more than their share and the slowest eaters got little however i daren't argue with abdullah about what was obviously his own job after the animals had eaten there was a great argument as to whether they should be watered that night or the following morning finally it was decided to let them drink at once and it was amusing to see the way they rushed to the well only two at a time could approach the shallow pan which the bedouins kept filling and refilling shouting monotonously come and drink then you will be strong come and drink then you will be strong which changed when the camels became violent into a chanted see how your drinking splashes me see how your drinking wets me one realized the loneliness of the desert that night the four tents and the animated group at the well were infinitesimal specks on a desolate limitless waste silvered by moonlight into an unbroken sea without ripple or bourne. how easily even a mighty caravan might vanish in the libyan desert and no more trace be left of it than of a few ants crushed under foot on a sandy court i longed for even one lonely palm to break the awful monotony it was the aching solitude of nature pitted against the pathetic energy of man and nature had no need to fight she could leave the struggle and the stress to the human midges who would traverse her trackless silences and when their pitiful vitality and force were spent in battling with her winds and her draughts she could bury them noiselessly in her fathomless drifts beneath the white serenity of her moons first the fuel failed then the food failed then the last water dried with the faith of little children we laid us down and died follow on follow on by the bones of the wayside ye shall come into your own on christmas day the camp was astir by three a m everybody was prepared for prodigies of endurance in the way of an immensely long march therefore when i plunged briskly out of my tent while the moonlight was still clear i could not understand why there were no chants or shouts no cheerful rushing about with the cumbersome bales arabs and blacks alike were standing about in sorrowful groups Mohammed, with a plaid rug wound over the fleece-lined mackintosh, was cleaning a ruthless-looking knife. Even the camels had the most depressed possible expression. One of the nagas lay beside the fire with drooping head. It appeared that she was the direct cause of the agitation, though most of the animals were suffering severely from their unaccustomed date meal followed by a heavy drink. The naga appeared to be in extremis. Foam frothed from her mouth and nostrils. Her neck was twisted into a stiff, distorted curve. Her sides were laboring painfully. I could not have believed that even the most acute indigestion could reduce an animal to such a state after so few hours. She is going to die, said Yusuf. Prepare the knife. Wait, wait, exclaimed Abdullah. I will try burning her first. Apparently there are but two remedies in the desert. Bleeding and firing. They had already tried the first without effect, and it was too cold for the blood to run. They now pushed the unfortunate animal on its side and laid a hot iron on its abdomen. It protested much less than it usually did at being loaded, but the warmth presumably galvanized it into action, for it managed to struggle to its feet and wander off with the others, a sorry looking hunched up group, one of which appeared to be dead lame during a wasted morning the friction between the two hastily formed zaribas became intense the blacks incensed at the abuse which had been showered upon them for riding the camels between aujela and jalo now got their own back they said that the arabs knew nothing at all about a caravan and could not even feed the animals properly at noon the miserable naga got much worse and mohammed Abdullah and i spent the whole afternoon sitting by her side trying desperate remedies from massage to soap when we left at five p m she was obviously dying and we prepared to face the problem of the seven days waterless journey with one camel fewer we argued about what luggage we could best dispense with until yusuf calmly announced that as we had waited an extra day at butafall there would not now be sufficient dates to last a week Mohammed said that we must announce the death of the Sayed's camel to the Kaimakan at Jalo, which meant an extra two days' wait. We held depressed councils at which I insisted on an immediate start, but apparently the camel shared the sacredness of its master, and even its body could not be left at Butterfah. Very well said I. We will send someone back with the news, but we must leave here at dawn. We will give all our eating dates for the camels, and that will make up for today's rations. Then the real difficulty appeared. The friction between blacks and Bedouins was so strong that both parties feared that it would eventually come to a fight, and neither wished to decrease their number. When I suggested a Sudanese going, Abdullah showed his hand. Yes, yes, send back four or five, he said eagerly. The journey will be easier without them but abdul rahim refused point-blank to dispense with one of his soldiers the night we thought we were going to be attacked on the way from jedabia abdullah left us and slept with some kinsmen nearby. he remarked shrewdly the whole party was sunken in the deepest gloom we because the campbells were already overloaded the retinue because each side feared to endanger its power by the loss of a fighting man when a black form appeared on the faint rise beyond which we had left the dying camel. MashaAllah! exclaimed Muhammad. It is the influence of Sidi Idris. A miracle! A miracle! And two minutes later, the source of all our woe walked calmly back into camp. Its reception must have surprised it considerably, for everyone rushed out to meet it, firing revolvers and rifles into the still starlit air. After which the blacks performed a wild fantasia to the music of a tin pan beaten by Abdullah's sinewy fingers. So ended the most unpleasant Christmas I have ever known. End of chapter six.